0: Good morning. Uh, My name is Jamie Molitor. I've been a member here for about the last 10 years. Uh, It's good to see all of you this morning. Some of you I I know through this process. Some I'm still getting to know. So uh, it's a slow process at a a church with three services. Um, As we talk about we are here now, Uh, interestingly, Kirsten and I are both going to talk about neither. (laughs) I'm going to take you on a, a trip down memory lane, uh, and Kirsten's going to take a look at the future. Um, starting that process, if you can remember way back last week, when Pastor Beth uh, pointed out and, and spoke basically these words, and I stole these directly from her blog, uh, when we live in our identity and do our mission, we become our vision. Uh, when Michelle and Keith and Pastor Beth were up here last week, they broke down those things, and you guys—well, everybody that was here—helped uh, think about what are the the pieces of us that come forth when we, uh, <coughs> excuse me, when we think about what we do, how how we do what we do. Uh, and so when we look at identity, what she said was, "It's it's who we are. It's what shows up when we, as a church." Are present, which is a very interesting uh, thought when we as a church are present. Our mission, she said, is our work, it's what we're about. And then our vision, and this was, I thought, quite eloquent, is the new horizon of who we are meant to be in the future. And so as we look at that new horizon, I thought it was nice to take a look at our logo. Sort of looks like a horizon to me. we're going to take a, a, a deeper look down memory lane and investigate this space and, and who we are. So from the worldview, as we zoom in here and take a look at our church and different perspectives on our church from up above, from the side, and then from inside where we are now, uh, you need to understand that many people work together to get us to where we are now. Uh, one group that we will mention are actually two different versions of a steering team, a uh, big handful of people there. Additionally, we have church staff, lots of people working there, some in double duty. From church staff, we go to church council and lots of people, in, including some people on the steering team, working double duty there. Uh, we, we also had two, uh, I guess, bigger groups of people who worked on experimenting with and understanding our church both internally and externally, and that would be our More team and our Good Neighbors team. Um, they experimented with lots of different things to see where are we, who are we, what do we wanna be, uh, and, and what's working, what doesn't work. Uh, from that, we also had exercises both uh, three years ago, we worked on a timeline development. Some of you may have been involved in that. Uh, and then two different spiritual discernment events in the last two years that finally get us to looking at the big picture of all the people that put time and effort into this. Over 150 folks worked together to come up with uh, countless hours, by the way, and and efforts. uh, Got us to the point where we came up with less than 20 words. So, inviting people where we live, work, and play... To engage and grow in spirit-led relationships where everyone belongs. I'm going to give you just a moment to to reread that for yourselves. And think about how that connects for you. Inviting people where we live, work, and play to engage and grow in spirit-led relationships where everyone belongs. So the group of folks that you just saw that I pointed out uh, all worked together to come up with that, discerning it from feedback that we got from the congregation and moved on to the next step, which are the visioning exercises. The visioning exercises are pretty specific, so I'm gonna let you now take a walk with our ghost of Mount Olivet future and think about these visioning exercises.
1: Good morning, everybody. Um, The visioning exercises included about 115 people or so, so it wasn't just a small group that participated in these, but it was um, through the the council, the staff, small groups, leadership groups, a lot of different people that participated, and the idea was to go through a guided meditation. It was very brief. You start with dwelling in the Word, of course, and then you are asked to imagine and so i'm going to ask you right now to imagine that you're in a hot air balloon hundred feet up from the church and what you just saw there on the blue spread out was the um the first thing that really came to a lot of people was the porous boundaries in this guided meditation we asked people to write down their answers following the meditation thinking five years ahead and what they saw, what they smelled, what they heard, looking at the church and the broader property and the community around. So, back to the blue thing there. It went, It spread out, and um, a lot of people had different ideas of, like, it was ice melting out away from the property. It was... Um, just a spreading or a flowing out into the community. And so that first idea of porous boundaries is really important. Um, a lot of other things came up that, were, uh, that had continuity be, between groups that did this. They didn't do it all at once. They did it in different groups. And it was really surprising to see what came out of that. And the, the whole point of this process is to be spirit-led and to identify the patterns in that work that the Holy Spirit is doing through us. So you can see up there, they're a little hard to read, but um, the overall feeling was a vibrant community, full of energy and anticipation, a safe and judgment-free zone, a community gathering place full of sound and space for silence and reflection. And you can see all the things there, porous boundaries, increased use of outdoor... Um, The expanded garden, adding a meditation garden, uh, prayer paths, all kinds of things. The um, music, laughter, talking, and silence, and a mixture of the two, and lots of children. Um, So it was a happy vision that people had. Um, And the smell of grilling, and cookies, and egg bakes, and baking bread, and um, I'm going to skip down to the old spice mixed with axe, body spray, and Doritos. I think that must have been someone who'd been on a mission trip. Um, and then, in, in the diversity that we saw out on the property and in the building, it was um, people of all ages, people new to the faith, people who had been born into the faith, uh, people of all races, ethnicities, um, just the broad diversity. Of people and the grounds and the building were full of people and so that's that's the five-year vision that we came to so I want you to turn in your um, your bulletin insert at the top under we are here now is the vision detailed and this was done by again a lot of people coming together discussing going through the information that we gathered and um, I'd like us to read it together. Led by the Holy Spirit, Mount Olivet is a community that engages and dwells with God, each other, and the world. Nourished in spirit, body, and mind, sharing faith through action, words, and song, we create an experiential community that fosters diversity. We use both indoor and outdoor space for joyful noise and quiet reflection. Our community allows us to safely explore and use our callings and grow in congregation-led mission inside and outside the walls of Mount Olivet. We love and care for God's whole creation and show concern for people who will come after us. So that's the five-year vision. How do we get there is the next question. And what came out of that were more people, um, some new folks added to those numbers also, to come up with three-year goals. And they are listed too. For Mount Olivet members to understand their passions and talents as a gift from God to be shared with the community for the betterment of life for all. Our journey together is about joy because where our joy meets the world's needs, that's where we're called to be. And so, to help our people, all of us, every one of us, find our place, find that thing that is our passion. Is the first year goal that doesn't mean we stop working on it after a year Um, but we we continue and the other two goals begin now Um, they just won't necessarily be done until year two and year three the second year learning and practicing our trust in God we are being equipped for daily life and we need to ask ourselves what can we offer In a particular situation, that's what we're called to do, also. And how do we connect with each other, excuse me, and with the broader community and go deeper in our faith? And like the kids in BBS last night or last week, sorry, taking root. We are taking root here. And the third one. Individually and organizationally amount all of it will endeavor to learn about and to set to practice the embrace and nurture of diversity in our community. That means those people of all ages, people new to the faith, people born into the faith, all genders, all ethnicities, LGBTQ, um, it's about walking toward the community in love, because God is not bound in this building. God is out there. And God invites us to participate out there with God. So walking toward the community in love. And I'm going to hand it back to Jamie for
0: The logical question. The logical question is what happens after three years, right? So we're not done after three years, but we're not going to tell you about that. Now what? The, the answer is sitting in the front pew right here. Uh, my friend Pete's going to come up next week. Yeah, Friend Pete is going to come up next week, and he's going to show you this image. And hopefully explain it to you Uh, so we the work doesn't stop we we continue after three years we reinvestigate we learn from our mistakes we improve and and get better and that's what it's all about so and that's where we are here now Uh, thank you very much for your time